Caldwell Medicine Review, episode 72. It rhymes. For Thanksgiving Thursday, November 23rd, 2017. The only podcast in the world that hopes Lena Dunham will continue with her feminist twitterings and everything else because it's just so funny. Oh, she was in the news. She pissed off liberals. She pissed off conservatives. Because she was one of those that says every woman should always be believed. But now she found a, a, a story where the woman shouldn't be believed because the guy is one of her friends. I don't know. Look it up if you care. Apparently I cared enough to talk about it. That's a bad opening. Okay, how, how about the only podcast in the world who uh, missed a show on Monday because he's driving an old uh, an old truck that uh, needed to be welded because <laughs> it's it's rusting out and uh, I needed to, I need to weld the tailgate back on and um. What else? The only podcast in the world that... thought I had another one. Oh yeah, wishes you a, a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, and it's not about the uh, the turkey. It's not about the... Whatever that... Canned jelly stuff is. I can't think of the name right now. Well, whatever that's called. It's not about that. It's It's about arguing with your family about politics and... And I hope everybody remembers that. That song you heard was called... That's a new one. I should probably put it in my regular rotation here. That's called Shemin Weasel Faster. I think it's called, I think it's called Faster because Kevin McLeod made a slower version. And Kevin McLeod is the one who made this song. Should I just play it again? It's only our... Hour. It's only a minute and 30 seconds. You can find uh, uh, Kevin McLeod's royalty-free music for your own projects and on his site in Competech.com. Not to mention his graph paper. Graph paper generator. That generates graph paper. Well, wow, such an informative show so far. I do have a lot of topics, though. Charles Manson. Ugh, Weinstein. I need to stop setting those articles aside. See, update on a mega hat theft. Some Zimbabwe stuff. Some Google stuff. Some Clinton stuff. The bill, the bill of the Clintons. And and some Hillary stuff. It's an article I found it. Hillary comments on artificial intelligence. That ought to be good. I'll save that one towards the end of the show. And a couple other stories. One kind of heartwarming too. I'll save for the very end. Well, welcome to the show. Let's begin with uh, Charles Manson here. Dead at 83. And of all the articles I picked, I picked one from InfoWars titled MK Ultra Operative Charles Manson Dead at 83. Subheadline Psychotic Cult Leader Died in Prison. I think as most people know, he was in prison. Uh, I don't know about this whole MK Ultra stuff. I mean, I, I know about it <clears throat> from the declassified documents. They kind of like mind control kind of stuff. The CIA was doing back in the day. I don't know what they're doing now, but that's what they were doing back then. I don't know if uh, his name was mentioned in any of those articles here. Here's a comment from uh, somebody on the article. 
This is what Jones does best. He takes an admittedly real-world phenomenon from 30 years ago, like MK Ultra, hijacks it with his own self-admitted lower due to fluoride 20 IQ points and bombards it with psychobabble. So, I didn't read this article here. And because there isn't an article, <laughs> there's a video. Good one, Adam. Oh, by the way, my name is Adam, and you can email me at adam at caldwellmadison.com uh, for feedback or whatever. Hate mail, fan mail, I'll take them all. And uh, you can also find me on uh, some social medias, minds.com and gab.ai forward slash caldwellmadison. And then uh, Twitter, um, forward slash called mad. I use the minds and gab a little bit more. I don't really use Twitter other than the tweet show. Um, I seem to like the underdogs better. But you can't be easily triggered if you're going to go on a site like gab. And if you post something... Contrary to hive mind think, you might get called a crypto Jew. Just a little warning for you there. Doesn't really bother me much. You know what bothers me more is uh, social media is like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube censoring people. So that's why I like the underdogs. That's why I like votes more than Reddit and things like that. I just like the free speech model and, you know, the more better people you can get on there, the, the better the uh, platform will be. And the sooner it, it might get uh, bought out by Soros or <laughs> or uh, Bezos or somebody. I don't know. Zuckerberg. Whoever buys stuff. I'm going to play a little bit of this video on InfoWars. This is 15 minutes long. I can't do this. You know what? Wind-up toy either went off the rails or was ordered to carry out the murders. We don't know still to this day, but he was CIA, 100%. They had mind control programs going on right here at the University of Texas. This is Alex Jones, by the way. I won't play the whole 15-minute segment. You know, I, I do like Alex Jones. Let me let me be clear. Uh, I don't I don't think he's. Uh, you, you know, I, I just I, you just I think you have to know him to listen to him and you gotta take you gotta you gotta learn what to take from his uh rants and he, he rants and and he uses a lot of loaded words and some people just can't get past that you know i can i can handle alex jones to a point i can't listen to him all day but i think he definitely serves a purpose so let's i'm just gonna play a little bit of what he has to say about charles manson in the 60s and at other major universities, Charlie Manson hung around the same university that Theodore Kaczynski, the Unabomber, went to and volunteered. Well, see, I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but that's what Alex Jones does. Um, the Unabomber, that's another interesting story. That guy, so that, that guy was experimented on, and I don't remember exactly, but he had um, <clears throat> he had some kind of mind screwery kind of thing going on i'll have to look that up again I, I read about it it was a while ago and i read about it and a very started out as a very intelligent person a very high iq and not that high iq uh means any has anything anything to do with sanity because you had quite a few uh people with high iqs that are pretty insane you know i I'm sure somebody could formulate a good argument that a high IQ is uh, is about as bad or, or a lot of times worse as a low IQ. Well, that's a whole different topic. I'll let Alex continue on here. For the MK Ultra program, it's kind of like volunteering to jump into a hornet's nest because once you're on those drugs, there's no more volunteering because you didn't know what you were getting into. But this is the program. Sex, drugs, luring in the police, luring in the FBI, luring in all the different politicians to get dirt on them. And what was big and bad and evil in the 1960s to the Puritan America? Devil worship. All right, you know, I'm going to stop it right there because I think that was just a segment of the 
15 minute rant he was just about to begin. But for the sake of the podcast, and because Manson was such a high profile killer, let me see if I can get a article that just kind of bullet points some of his life. Oh, hell no. There's a Charles Manson GoFundMe account for funeral expenses. I wonder if that was set up by his wife. If you don't know, he got married by this younger girl, woman. Uh, she married him so she could get in and uh, and find out, you know, interview him and stuff like that. She, she had some different rights. And this article on TMZ starts out with some dude has started a GoFundMe account to pay for Charles Manson's funeral expenses. And some people actually bit. <clears throat> According to this article, this guy raised 949 bucks. It's probably more now that they advertise the article. I don't know if they link to it. Looks like it has a $15,000 goal. They didn't link to it. I'm not going to search. Or maybe I will. Finding another article that mentions the GoFundMe but won't link to it. Oh, it, it does link to it. I just had to scroll down a bit. And the page is down. <laughs> it's called Please Help My Friend Jason. So, set up by John Jones, who claimed to be Mance's last remaining relative, Jason Freeman. Quote, It is with a heavy heart that I must announce, not only have we lost a dear friend and loved one, Charles, at age 83, but two days prior to Charles passing away, his grandson, Jason Lee Freeman, lost his job. Well, I'll just read a little bit from this Boston Globe that details a little bit more. Uh, it says he died of natural causes. Uh, he said, uh, Mr. Man- this article in Boston Globe titled um, just Charles Manson Dead at 83 says, Mr. Manson was a semi-literate habitual criminal and failed musician before he came to irrevocable attention in the late 60s as the wild-eyed leader of the Manson family, a murderous band of young drifters in California. Convicted of nine murders and all, in all, Mr. Manson was known in particular for his uh, seven brutal killings collectively called the late Tate LaBianca murders committed by his followers in two consecutive August nights in 1969. Most famous of the victims being Sharon Tate, actress who married uh, to film director Roman Polanski. Eight and a half months pregnant, she was killed with four other people at her Benedict Canyon home. So, we can leave that story there. Speaking of another creep, but not one that murders people or convinces someone to murder too. All this one does is jack off in the potted plants. And has a secret hit list of names to quash sex scandal. That would be Harvey Weinstein, according to this article on... TheGuardian.com, Harvey Weinstein had secret hit list of names who quash sex scandal. Producer hired a team to investigate 91 film industry figures and attempt to stop harassment claims going public. Continuing on with the article, the Observer has gained access to a secret hit list of almost 100 prominent individuals targeted by Harvey Weinstein in an extraordinary attempt to discover what they knew about sexual misconduct claims against him and whether they were intending to go public. See, there's 91 actors, publicists, and producers, financiers, or financiers, I guess. I don't know what the difference is. And others working in the film industry, all of whom Weinstein allegedly identified as part of a strategy to prevent accusers from going public with sexual misconduct claims against him. See if I can find this list here. I see a photo of it on The Guardian, but it looks like a lot of the names are taken out and the list isn't full. I see Rose McGowan, Sophie Dix, Annabelle, Annabella Skiroa. The other names may have been withheld. I'll just do a quick search. 
just to see if uh, this is maybe public or maybe just the um, Guardian has withheld them. Let's see, articles on the deadline has this topic. Express Tribune, I don't know. Yeah, it just links back to the Guardian. So I don't think there is an uncensored list. Could be wrong. I'm sure it would be pretty telling though. Finding out who he associates, associates with and who he threatens and everything else. <clears throat> Moving on here. Zimbabwe's President Robert Mugabe resigns. This is pretty big news. Now, Zimbabwe, I'm not an expert on Zimbabwe. But I know things that aren't exactly ducky there. Robert Mugabe, Zimbabwe's longstanding authoritarian president, agreed to step down on Tuesday, according to the Speaker of the nation's parliament. The announcement comes a little less than a week after the country's military seized power, setting in motion an end to the 37-year rule of the world's oldest serving president. Impeachment proceedings against Mugabe had already begun early Tuesday, but the Speaker of the Parliament read a letter to the lawmakers later in the day, and, or that said, he came from the president and offered a former resignation. I, Robert Gabriel Mugabe, in terms of Section 96 of the Constitution of Zimbabwe, hereby formally tender my resignation. The Speaker said, reading from what he said was Mugabe's letter. It says, uh, article says that Mugabe is yet to appear or speak publicly since the letter was read. Zimbabwe's ruling ZANU-PF party had fired Mugabe as his leader earlier that day and expelled his politically powerful wife, Grace, from its ranks. Crowds of Zimbabweans gathered at Unity Square in the capital of Harare. Following the announcement of Mugabe's resignation, cheering his ouster and waving signs. Article continues... Once a celebrated freedom fighter, Mugabe has been accused of orchestrating human rights abuses against impoverished black Zimbabweans, white farmers, and thousands of LGBTQ people while amassing vast wealth as the nation spiraled into poverty. Now, I've read some some of the stuff about the white farmers out. I think it's more than Zimbabwe, but there are white farmers in, in other countries in Africa. And uh, reading about the seizures of, of that land is pretty interesting. It rarely ever goes right. It's typically done in the name of the poor class. Because I think the poor class, you see the white farmers as people taking advantage of the other Africans and then they try to transfer power to those and it's just done in a completely corrupt manner and in, or in a manner that it just really impoverishes the nation even more. And so it'll be interesting to see where things go for Zimbabwe. I was listening to a commentator on this last night who says it just can't get any worse in Zimbabwe so it can only get better but... I'm not necessarily a believer in that. Sometimes you just don't know how bad things can get. But, nothing wrong with being hopeful. Be nice to see every country in the world do great. Why not? Here's an article from RT.com. It's Russia Today. One of Russia's state-sponsored or controlled news agencies. It's pretty... Somewhat popular in the U.S. We have RT America and everything else. You can stream it online. You can get it on cable news, I think. Not real positive, but I think that was the case. 
I usually get all my news online. Uh, okay, well, this article is titled, Google will derank RT articles to make them harder to find. Hyphen Eric Schmidt. So Eric Schmidt must have said this. <laughs> Eric Schmidt, the executive chairman of Google's parent company, Alphabet, says the company will engineer specific algorithms for RT and Sputnik. Sputnik's the other one. One of the other ones. I think there are three major uh, Russian government controlled or oversaw news outlets, if I can remember correctly. Anyway, company will engineer specific algorithms for RT and Sputnik to make their articles less prominent in search engines, news delivery services. We have a video here. Does Schmidt appearance begins at 107 mark? Relevant questions at relevant question at 138. Let's see what it, let's see what it says. I'm Nico Lange with the Konrad Adenauer Stiftung. Um, <clears throat> we had a fascinating panel about Russia and Ukraine earlier. Throughout all the events with the revolution in Ukraine and the Russian annexion of Crimea and so on, I had a subscription for Google Alerts in German language. Uh, and getting them every day. Out of 10 results, between 5 and 10 every day were from Sputnik News, which is a Russian-German propaganda outlet. And when I clicked on them, uh, they were monetarized with Google AdSense. Um, so if there are no jokes in Google.com, maybe they are in Yandex.ru about this, uh, is it really necessary to monetarize uh, Russian propaganda outlets with Google AdSense? So, so we're well aware of this one. And um, we are working on detecting this kind of scenario you're describing, and again, deranking uh, deranking those kinds of sites. Uh, it's basically RT and Sputnik are the two, and there's a whole bunch of coverage about what we're doing there. But we're well aware of it. We're trying to engineer the systems to prevent it. We don't want to ban the sites. It's not how we operate. There you go. Um, so Google, Google saying they don't want to ban, and uh, but they, they they want to. They still want to gatekeep. Now, of course, some people are like, oh, you know, yay, um, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want Russia propaganda and all this other stuff. Um, but you can, you can just see how Google is stepping outside of the bounds of providing information um, based on, I guess, rank of popularity of organic popularity or whatever you call it. You know, it might not all be organic popularity. You, there are. Search engine optimization tricks that you can use and this and that. And I think Google, Google's been fighting that since the dawn of time from people that can find loopholes and everything else. But yeah, you can see uh, Google is actively um, changing their algorithms to provide what they think should be provided in the order in which they are provided without right out banning things. So, Google is a gatekeeper in that sense. If you didn't know, they freely admit it. <laughs> Here's a top comment on the, the Russia Today article. RT is the easiest URL to memorize and to type. I never use Google to search for news. Well, that's true. You just type in RT, period, C-O-M, and there, there you are. Bye bye Google help hello Yandex says another says another guy so Yandex.ru is a popular Russian search engine and you can check the Alexa rank and you can see that they're they are pretty far up there. Uh, I personally use startpage.com. Uh, that I use Google for some things. If I'm looking for something pretty obscure, Google is good at searching through forums and bringing up searches like that. But I like to use Startpage. Uh, it uses a it uses Google's muscle to bring up what you're looking for, but it kind of omits you from the whole advertising and tracking thing. But uh, there are other ones that people recommend, like DuckDuckGo. They say that's better. And I know there are other good search engines too. <clears throat> and it's it's important to you know play around with some. You know, if Google turns out to be more of a gatekeeper than you think, you might be missing some information that you should be seeing. Does anybody use Yahoo search anymore? That's what I wonder. I used to use Yahoo search. I think it, there there was a tipping point 
quite a few years ago when I just Yahoo just was not um, cutting it. Google was doing the best searches, and I never tried Bing much. Moving on to the next story, there is a uh, opinion piece by Kelly Paul, Rand Paul's wife, on CNN. Since the attack, my husband Rand Paul hasn't taken a single breath without pain. She begins the story, the average person takes 200... What do you get any explanation from... Rene Boucher silently entered... The story begins with a irrelevant article from a uh, more than a week ago. But insist on playing this stupid video while I'm trying to read a story. Typical CNN, and, and then you, you pause it, and then you scroll down, and the video follows you. It's like a video with a with a big ego. It always thinks it's wanted. Uh, anyway, trying again. The average person takes 20,000 breaths a day since November 3rd. My husband, Rand Paul, has not taken a single breath without pain. He's not had a single nice sleep, interrupted or uninterrupted by long periods of difficult breathing or excruciating coughing. As his wife, I've been distraught over seeing him suffer like this. There have been several nights where I had my hand on my phone ready to call 911 with his breathing became so labored it was terrifying. So the most notable part is her coverage in the media, and I, and I covered some of this too in previous episodes, but I'll, I'll read what she says. It is incredibly hurtful that some news outlets have victimized Rand a, a second time as he struggles to recover, delighting in hateful headlines like Not a Perfect Neighbor, and concocting theories about an ongoing dispute based on nothing more than speculation from an attention-seeking person with no knowledge of anything to do with us. And what she's talking about is this uh, so-called contractor guy, who I think is also a neighbor, who claims that he was telling Rand Paul the landscaping rules and Rand Paul was either visibly or maybe verbally annoyed with them, but Seems to stuck with the rules anyway, according to all the neighbors, and, and according to Rand and the neighbors, that they never talked. The Rand Paul and his wife claiming they haven't talked in 10 years. So let's see here. The, the article says, the fact is, neither Rand nor I have spoken to the attacker in 10 years. Since before his wife and children moved away, so I guess this guy's divorced and his kids, wife took the kids. It says, other than a casual wave from the car, nobody in our family has, nor have we communicated with anyone in his family. With Rand's travel to D.C. in the last seven years, he has rarely seen this man at all. The only dispute existed solely in the attacker's troubled mind until, on a beautiful autumn day, he ran down a hill on our property and slammed his body into Rand's lower back as he stood facing away, wearing noise-canceling headphones to protect his ears from the lawnmower. This is not a scuffle, a fight, or an altercation, as many in the media falsely describe it. It was a deliberate blindside attack. The impact left land with Rand with six broken ribs, three deplaced, plural infusion, effusion, and now pneumonia. This has been a terrible experience made worse by the media's gleeful attempts to blame Rand for it, ridiculing him for everything from mowing mowing his own lawn to composting. So she's making a point here that one neighbor came out, that landscaper or whatever, saying that, you know, Rand was agitated by these rules. Um, and I see what she's saying because a lot of the uh, left-leaning outlets, which are most of them, <laughs> uh, they are focused on that neighbor's testimony so they can go with the narrative that it wasn't political while ignoring the testimony of the five or so other neighbors that came out to say that Rand was nothing but a perfect neighbor and there was no landscaping dispute, there was no lawn dispute, there was no border dispute, property border dispute with that neighbor. And it said... 
suggesting it's more along with the uh, his political beliefs. Since this guy that attacked Rand Paul was uh, was active on social media with his democratic leanings. And one of the most notable things after this uh, piece by Rand Paul's wife, Kelly Paul, CNN puts this uh, editor's note here. It says, Rene Albert Boucher, a neighbor of Senator Paul's, has pleaded not guilty to misdemeanor assault. His attorney, Matthew Baker, told CNN in an interview for a story published November 9th that Boucher... An anesthesiologist regressed the incident. Quote, if you had to do it over again, I can assure you it would have been handled much more diplomatically. Baker said. The attorney asked about the motive, said we should believe a neighbor, Jim Skaggs, who told CNN there has been a long-running disagreement over property maintenance. Baker also said in a statement, we sincerely hope that Senator Rand Paul is doing well and that these two gentlemen can get Back to being neighbors as quickly as possible. So you can see what CNN did there. They followed up with Kelly Paul's piece with the story, according to the attacker's lawyer and that one neighbor about the long-running disagreement, apparently. Uh, and, and totally ignored the other five or six neighbors, I forget what the exact number is. I went over that article a couple episodes ago. Totally ignored that and uh, wanted to put this editor's note here. It appears to, again, suggest the narrative that this was a yard dispute instead of, of a crazed leftist whatever you want to call it, attacking a conservative. As we've seen in the news quite often now with some of these mass shootings, the baseball stadium, quite possibly the Las Vegas shooting, we had that church shooting, we had Antifa violence, and on and on and on. Well... And then CNN comes out with this right after the mystery over the attack on Rand Paul deepens. Well, they're, they're just so, CNN is just so confused about this. They just can't imagine, oh, liberals don't attack because of opinions. The CNN doesn't uh, spread hate. And you should read some of these articles on in the CNN comments too. Saying it, you know, suggesting that Rand Paul deliberately wants people to be unhealthy because of his political, his leanings. Like he wants to destroy healthcare. Like, like his assuming, he, you know, he doesn't have the best intentions. He just, he just wants poor people to die in the street. And they're almost happy about this, thinking that Rand Paul's going to sit down with his injuries and change his mind. So this other article titled. Uh, the, the mystery over the attack of Rand Paul deepens. It's just so hard for CNN to figure this out. Uh, they, they, I think they finally mentioned <laughs> the other neighbors who completely contradict this attacker's lawyer and his one, his one neighbor friend, I guess. Uh, article begins, it's been 19 days since Rand Paul attacked, was attacked by his neighbor while mowing his lawn. And Wednesday, the story got even stranger as the wife of Kentucky Republican Senator wrote a piece on CNN detailing the extent of the injuries he suffered from the attack. I don't know why Why is stranger. It says, what's even more striking is how Kelly Paul describes the attack and the motive behind it. Why is this striking? So they go over some of her quotes a little bit and the article says, let's take a step back. What is this by? This is by Chris Cizella. CNN editor-at-large, or Celiza. Immediate aftermath of November 3rd attack, Paul's home in Kentucky, several neighbors spoke out to CNN and other national news sites, insisting that it was a boiling, boiling point of long-running dispute over flora and fauna. 
Neighbor who did not want to be identified said the two had been quibbling over yard waste. Wonder why I didn't want to be uh, identified. The uh, the neighbors that came out in support of Rand Paul, they came out identified from what I remember. They had names and a little bit of background on them. I think they referenced that article in this CNN article. They got Matthew Baker's statement here saying it had nothing to do with politics. So that and then the, the neighbors that um, that contradict what these guys were saying, the CNN labels them as Paul allies. They don't they don't label the the neighbors that said there was a yard dispute as um, the attackers allies. CNN is fake news, people. Just like to just like to remind everybody that. And yeah, so this is the they mentioned the Washington Examiner. That is the story. And these neighbors come out with their actual names. They're not they're not mystery neighbors. Like the one CNN uh, just claims our neighbors and, and not allies of somebody. How how does that work? And the article just kind of goes on like with all these questions. What's going on here? What's the real story? I don't know. Can you put two and two together? I mean, is what the the best his neighbor and his lawyer can say that he wish he would have handled it differently? Handled what? Just beating the crap out of somebody differently? Handle handled what? It was the the lawn dispute. He's not saying what the problem was. Handling his uh, political butt hurt or whatever it's called. CNN is fake news. CNN is fake narrative. Speaking of other fake news, MSNBC, MSNBC's Mika Brzezinski is in the news. This is an article on The Hill. Mika Brzezinski, Bill Clinton needs to apologize or stop talking. <laughs> now, Mika Brzezinski, she's she's no fan of Trump. Now, I think they, her and, and Joe Scarborough, I believe, They've had their Twitter wars or whatever wars, news wars against Trump. Trump tweets at them. And Trump's the one that tweeted about Mika Brzezinski's bleeding face and all this other stuff. MSNBC's Mika Brzezinski demanded Monday that former President Bill Clinton issue an apology for the behavior detailed in the sexual misconduct allegations against him. Quote, you guys, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry, actually, Brzezinski said. Hillary Clinton needs to stop. She needs to stop talking about this topic unless Bill Clinton wants to come forward and apologize for being a sexual harasser for settling with women. He needs to apologize as quickly as Al Franken did. And, uh, and then they go on to detail a little bit of Franken's misconduct. More people coming out. More photos. Now there's photos of him groping Ariana Huffington. I think... I think Huffington actually tried to defend or something like that. She said, if that actually happened, I would have choked him. I don't know. Um, here are more quotes from Brzezinski. If you're going to apologize and it's clear you've done something wrong, please, please, you, the politician, and your wife, the politician, need to not talk about these issues. Just don't unless you want to come to the table with some honesty. So... Good, uh, good on her, at least. <laughs> now, that's what everybody's been saying, though, for a while. Because we just knew Hillary Clinton was going to come out and say something, and sure enough, she did. Okay, what about your husband? This this woman, is uh, she's, she's got her blinders on. Well, that, I mean, that's that's assuming that's assuming the best to say that she has her, her blinders on here. And then, and then <laughs> what else is Hillary Clinton talking about? Artificial intelligence. Uh, article on <clears throat> Yahoo Finance. Hillary Clinton, we are totally unprepared for the rise of artificial intelligence. Article by Matthew B. Kelly, editor for Yahoo Finance. So if anybody, everybody wants to talk about artificial intelligence, and, and I want to hear it, it's going to be from Hillary Clinton. If I were to give a little bit of sarcasm, um, there it is an interesting topic. You know, there was a who went. There was a I think um, Elon Musk and somebody else was a Bezos, Jeff Bezos or somebody. Kind of 
had some snippy back and forth about the the danger of artificial intelligence. I have my own opinion on it, <laughs> and it, but you know it it just goes to show that that uh, quote brilliant minds can disagree. I know I wouldn't call Hillary Clinton a, a brilliant mind, but she's a I'd call her a mastermind maybe. <laughs> uh, but let's see. I, I haven't read this article yet, but I'm curious on what she has to say about artificial intelligence. I'm gonna guess. It has something to do, she's going to raise some kind of, or she's going to give some kind of alarmist opinion on it, seemingly asking for some kind of help from some source that she has to do with possibly, well, let's see, I don't want to, I want to jump ahead here. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton told radio host Hugh Hewitt, that humanity is racing headfirst into a new era of an artificial intelligence without sufficient preparations of how it will impact the world. Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Stephen Hawking, and a lot of really smart people are sounding an alarm that we're not hearing. Clinton said in an interview promoting her new book. No, which book is this now? Oh yeah, what happened? It's not that new, is it? Article's from the 22nd. Uh... Continuing on with our quote here, and their alarm is artificial intelligence is not our friend. Can assist us in many ways if properly understood and contained. We are racing headfirst into a new era of artificial intelligence that is going to have dramatic effects on how we live, how we think, how we relate to each other. Uh, so the article continues to define artificial intelligence as simulation of human intelligence, learning, reasoning, self-correction. So... I don't think there's anything else really noteworthy in this article. I'm just skimming through it real quick. Stephen Hawking. He's, I think Stephen, I don't really take Stephen Hawking all that seriously. And not to be a conspiracy theorist, but it's actually hard to... It's hard to believe what Stephen Hawking is saying is actually coming from him at this point. He's very limited in his speech. He can't, uh, I think I think some people think of The Simpsons where he's typing, his Simpsons character where he's typing what he's trying to say. He doesn't do that. Really, the only thing he moved from my understanding is uh, some muscles in his mouth. And that's how he can formulate sentences. Any speech he does is uh, pre-recorded. That, that voice that he has, um, that computerized Speech, that's all pre-recorded stuff. He's not doing that on the spot. So again, like I said, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. But you have to wonder if somebody really wants to control what he's saying. It might not be, be that hard to do. It'd be pretty... It would be pretty... Unethical, to say the least. But hey, unethical things happen. My personal opinion is we're not going to make an artificial intelligence like the Matrix that's not going to outsmart us. Because I think it's the, the nature of man can is better at hacking or is faster at hacking technology than it is at, at creating it. Like a new technology will be created off the collective human mind and it'll take just some 17-year-old kid to hack it. I think the the mo the scariest AI will be very simple AI installed onto just very destructive machinery. Say drones. You know, heat heat finding drones, destructive drones, things like that. Um, and then there's always going to be a way the, the human race isn't going to get wiped out. Although life may change, that's a whole different topic, though. I'm not as worried as some are about AI. I think if we have a major AI attack on humans, or a, some kind of major crisis, AI crisis, uh, I'm going to look at it with a very skeptical eye. And I, because uh, I, I think... I think that I think something's leading up to uh, a possibly a false flag, 
when you when you see a lot of things in the news like that. I think uh, we've already we've already seen um, some news agencies kind of test the waters, whether they're trying to do it intentionally or not. I don't know, but it seems as though they were trying to test the waters for AI stories such as robots escaping, which was basically no more than a Roomba getting lost. If you ask me, they have these Russian robots or whatever these other robots saying like. Uh, the, the robot tried to escape, and he escaped, it, the robot's trying to get free and all this other stuff. It's not the case at all. Uh, it's, it's pretty much a malfunction. And it's just so stupid. <laughs> but the way they put these headlines out, and I can just see, I can see uh, the, the news collective completely misleading the public on a robot or whatever, or AI, whatever you want to call it, uh, situation gone wrong and, and painting a narrative about how machines are attacking us when it's really not the case at all. Uh, Prince Al-Walid. The next topic from DailyMail.co.uk exclusive. American mercenaries are torturing Saudi elite rounded up by new crown prince and billionaire Prince Al-Walid, it was hung upside down just to send a message. So this is a this is from a source, uh, not really verified. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm going to go through some of the bullet points here. Source in Saudi Arabia says American private security contractors are carrying out interrogations on princes and billionaires arrested in a crackdown. Detained members of Saudi elite have been hung by their feet and beaten. By interrogates, sources say, or source, not the plural. Among those hung upside down are Prince Al-Walid bin Talal, an investor worth at least $7 billion, who's being held by, or Eldad uh, Riyadh's Ritz-Carlton. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Arrests were ordered three weeks ago by Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. That's been big news, so they're... Kind of doing a purge here. Um, sources claim mercenaries are from Blackwater. This is this is a claim also made by the Lebanese president. So that's interesting. They're saying that you know the the Saudis, the Saudi powers are rounding up other Saudi powers, and they're using American Americans to torture. Blackwater is a private company. They made the news a lot during the whole. Iraq and Afghanistan, the the height of those, or the height of the aftermath of those. We're still doing the aftermath. I'll digress here. Uh, another bullet point. A successor firm denies it has any operations in Saudi Arabia whatsoever. It says its staff abide by U.S. law. I think that's a source from Blackwater. And it's illegal for... A, a, Americans to torture outside companies or whatever. Uh, and it says Americans who commit torture abroad can be jailed up to 20 years. So the source said they are beating them, torturing them, slapping them, and insulting them, trying to break them down. Again, another topic I don't entirely understand. Some people are optimistic, some, some just are like me they don't really get what's going on some people say that you know the saudi arabia needed a purge um and maybe the the people that are doing the purge aren't the best but at least they're doing it at least they're getting some corruption out uh as far as i'm concerned i th you know the more money the citizens have the people of the land have the better i don't know if this this will lead to that or it will just lead to a consolidation of power who knows? There's more of a Thanksgiving type story here. Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, that is, asked press to say what they're thankful for before questions. The Thanksgiving holiday spirit took a bit of a stride and twist during Monday's press briefing by uh, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. This is this is apparently an article in the Huffington Post by Mary Pap Papenfuss. <laughs> I'm not reading this on the Huffington Post. I'm reading this on the Yahoo News aggregator. So we're not going to get the, the crazy crazy comments. Or maybe we will. 
Yahoo has this thing where they 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 shuffle comments at the bottom of this really annoying bubble. It's becoming more and more common for news articles to have uh, to make it more and more difficult to actually read the news. They got these stupid videos that follow you around. They play while you're trying to read. They got comments popping up. They got advertisements on the side. They have newsletter crap popping up, asking you to sign in. They got everything else. And on top of that, then they then they then they um, then they whine about you using ad blocker. By the time you try to read the article, you want to put your fist through the screen. Because as you're trying to read it, the, the text is jumping up and down because everything's rearranging and you're trying to pause and everything else. Ad blocker helps, but it, it, it's not perfect. It, it's just without ad blocker, reading the news is, is uh reaches a level of frustration that I don't I don't really want to deal with. So this is a quote. Anyway, so this is how we're going to work today. I was going to read... I'm, I'm jumbled here. <laughs> I was going to read some of the comments that were, were popping up until I close it. Um, anyway, I'm continuing on with the article. I'll get to the comments in the bottom. Uh, quote, so this is how it's going to work today. Since I'm here, I'm going to call on you. If you want to ask a question, I think it's only fair since I've shared what I'm grateful for. You start off with what you're grateful for. So anybody want to be the first to say what they're grateful for? Let's see if they have any quotes here. Most reporters appeared to be happy to share what they're grateful for. Just a few journalists who asked questions didn't follow Huckabee Sanders' requirement, and she answered their questions nonetheless. She warned Zeke Miller of the Associated Press that he did break the rule. The snarkiest rejoinder, that's an interesting word, rejoinder, came from April Ryan of American Urban Radio Network's the first journalist Huckabee Sanders called on, Ryan, listed life, children, 20 years on the job, and to be able to talk to you and question you every single day. Let's see if there's any others. There's some tweets. Who cares about tweets? All right, yeah, top comments here. I'm thankful for Robert Mueller's hard work and service to America. <laughs> That's obviously a left-leaning comment here. I'm, I'm thankful for the impeachment process. Is another one. Another one saying Sarah Sanders should be thankful she has a job. If we had a real president, she would be working at Burger King where she belongs. Worst White House mouthpiece for the worst president ever. You see, there's there is actually quite a contrast on Yahoo News articles. Uh, it just I probably depends on who is linking to them or who links who sends the most traffic to them some of them are some of the comments are very conservative leaning the other ones are very left leaning it's not like like the Huffington Post or something like that or the Washington Post or New York Times where it's all left leaning or well Huffington Post actually deletes I don't know about Washington Post they probably do too. Huffington Post definitely deletes conservative-leaning comments, and they, they leave some very despicable left-leaning ones. I mean, of course, they get despicable right-leaning ones too, but they they make the effort to delete those, not the others. Here we go. A couple more stories left. Second to last here, the U.S. Army is selling some of its most powerful guns, and you can buy one. U.S. Army plans on selling the remainder of uh, arsenal of M1911 pistols, according to this article, by task and purpose. The National Interest. Oh, it would be the article by the National Interest. Another one found in, uh, reading from Yahoo News Aggregator uh, by Jared Keller. The 45 ACP 1911 pistol has served the U.S. Armed Forces for more than a century in every war and hotspot on the planet. And thanks to this year's federal defense budget, it serves civilians uh, for the foreseeable future. So yeah, 45 caliber, it's, it's a bigger handgun round, but I wouldn't call this the uh, 
some of its most powerful guns here. Maybe of that size. <laughs> I mean, I can think of some powerful guns that the uh, military has. If they're selling those, let me know. If I can afford them, I think it'd be cool to buy one. I don't know what I'd use it for. Guns are actually a decent investment, too. You want to diversify your investments. You go with, uh, you know, uh, other than your 401k or IRA or whatever, your, your savings, your stocks, you know, they're just hard assets. Are, I will always pay off. Uh, gold, silver, guns. I don't know about barrels of crude oil. Maybe you can store some in your basement. Um, what else? Use your imagination. I don't know if I consider collecting Star Wars toys. Everybody's doing that these days. <laughs> and, and you can't shoot somebody with a with a plastic Wookie. So they go on with the history of that of that forty five caliber rifle. Oh, yeah. so top comment here. Most powerful guns. My God, are journalists utter morons? Jared certainly knows nothing. That's kind of what my thought was. Just not a strong language, but I'll agree with it. Here, they they, they <clears throat> going back up. I was tipped off by a comment here. And part of this article that I missed. The last sentence says, with 10,000 already transferred and, this is the gun, and 8,300 additional pistols sold or disposed of per guns.com, that means there are at least 80,000 1911s ready and waiting for a nasty civilian to give them a good home. So, this uh, Jared Keller that wrote this, and not only is he an idiot that doesn't know what a, what a powerful military gun is, um, he also... Uh, really hates guns the news is really is trash and that's part of the reason why i do this i i read the um news a lot just because it, it it interests me but i always feel like ranting about it so i mean that's why i, I do this twice a week unless i have to unless i have to fix my uh my aging vehicles i wanted to do a I wanted to just record my, my Monday episode while I was working on my vehicle. But and I and I started, I was just gonna I wasn't gonna do the news, I was just gonna go over the story about how I got into the news and how I started this and all this other stuff, but it wasn't working out. I trying to you know, you're running into problems when you're working on stuff, you, you can't you lose uh your train of thought. So that project was gave given up on. So let's let's start. Uh, well, let's end with a uh, more heartwarming story here uh, from the Miami Herald. And this one, I believe, I found on the front front page of Drudge. Article by Elizabeth Robertson, titled "A Homeless Man Spent His Last Twenty Dollars to Keep Her Safe, and She Raised Thirty Four Thousand Dollars to Repay Him." I'll have an update for the, that on that thirty-four thousand dollars. This article was written or released today. No, my apologies. This article was last updated yesterday, yesterday evening. Kate McClure didn't expect to run out of gas on her drive to Philadelphia last month, and she definitely didn't expect that her misfortune would give her opportunity to change somebody else's life. Pulled over on the side of I-95, McClure, 27, was approached by a homeless man named Johnny. He was, she was apprehensive at first, but Johnny told her to get back into her car and to lock the doors while he walked to get her help. He went to a gas station, used his last $20 to fill a can, and brought it back to fill up her car. Grateful, but without a dollar to repay him, McClure promised that she would come back with something. In the week since, she returned to the spot along I-95, where Johnny stays with cash, snacks, and a Wawa, or and Wawa gift cards. I don't know what Wawa is. I have to look that up real quick here. What is Wawa? Oh, it's a, it looks like a food market. The um, convenience store gas station chain in the United States. So they got food. Uh, each, see, each time she stopped by with her boyfriend, Mark D'Amico, 
they learned a little bit more a little bit more of Johnny's story and become humbled by his gratitude. Eventually, the Florence Township couple knew they had to do something more. I would say, I keep thinking about that guy, D'Amico said, and McClure was thinking about Johnny too. So they launched a GoFundMe campaign, putting an ambitious $10,000 goal and hoping to rein in a few hundred dollars to book Johnny a motel for a few nights where he could clean up and start to get back on his feet. So I'm going to interject here. When I first read that, I thought of a story of um, somebody somebody doing kind of the same thing. He he met a homeless man. He paid for his room. You know, he got a haircut, bought him this really nice suit, and set him up with a job interview. The guy got the job, but he ended up spiraling back into homelessness right away. You know, just didn't have the confidence or, or the drive to do it. You know, you you also need drive to. To make it, um, so, and, and the fact is a lot of people are homeless by choice. It's hard for some of us to believe, but that isn't in fact the way it is. I know, I know, I actually know a guy who's homeless by choice. He's more well off because he, he kind of, he worked a lot of his life and he, he, he still does work. He just travels around by motorcycle and. You know, he's an older guy, and he he finds odd jobs. But he, he's kind of more of like a traveling homeless. Well, anyway, but they get more into this guy, this guy's story here, and um, about how he ended up in this situation, and it, and it sounds more optimistic, like. You know this guy can he can get himself out of the rut here, but you never know until you, until you, uh, well, until time tells, I guess. So you can't assume every every homeless person you meet is homeless by choice. You can't assume every homeless person you meet is just down and out and needs a needs a hand. Um, some people just tend to gravitate towards a situation, no matter what, and the only pe- people that can help them are themselves. But they they give this guy a story, and uh, it says after moving, he's been a homeless for about a year, and he was uh, previously a certified paramedic, and he he was a marine. After moving around the country for a time, he came to Philadelphia a year ago with a job lined up and some money to buy a truck, but soon after the job fell through, leaving Johnny surviving off a of meager savings. He later lost his paperwork, rendering him un- unable to work. I'm not sure what that means that exactly. Uh, why you need papers to work. I don't really know. Um, and I don't live in Philadelphia either, though. He said, One night on the streets turned into a week, and ultimately a, a year of homelessness. Learning his story and sifting through his old Facebook photos, McClure and D'Amico said they were shocked to see how quickly Johnny's life changed from that of a working man who vacationed on the beach to one living on the streets of Philadelphia. And with McClure saying it's crazy, you can you know relate to that. You can look through and think this could be me. So they surprised him with 1700 bucks and plan to keep going. And Johnny says, that changes my life right there. Instead of the 1700 bucks captured on video. He says, I honestly met more good people than bad. He said of his time in Philadelphia. So the article says Johnny has started the, the process of getting his paperwork replaced as he's currently without identification or Veterans Affairs papers. He hopes to get a job at the Amazon warehouse in Robbinsville. And down the road, uh, he hopes to test to become a recertified paramedic in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. So maybe that's some of his paperwork that he lost. He had a certification to be a paramedic and, and that, that was lost and he has to redo it. I don't really know how that works again. So anyway, this GoFundMe page, according to this article, was $34,000. Well, when I bookmarked this article probably less than an hour ago, it was nearly $100,000. So just by publishing this in the news, ending up on you know the front page of sites like Drudge, and probably quite a few other places. 
it just shot up and, and now since then so it's been what 45 minutes hour now it's up to 225 thousand dollars i mean this guy this guy can probably buy a three-bedroom home now <laughs> this guy can buy himself a permanent residence now and, and a wardrobe and everything else I'm not sure if that's exactly what you should do at the point, at this point. But, I mean, th this guy, if, if he's, if he's, if he does it right, I mean, he has nothing to worry about now after, after this. Financially, anyway, if, if he can, <clears throat> that's, I mean, that's quite the, the stepping stone to have. To be able to, you know, pay a, a house off in cash. The ability to, I don't know if he will. You know, there's a lot of people... They work all their lives trying to pay off a mortgage, <laughs> and they they love to start off like that. So I I know you know good on this guy. I'm you know it just shows the uh, you know the how compassionate people are when they see somebody down and out, and I hope he he doesn't let his donors down. Uh, what a what a great story to end on the uh, Thanksgiving topic for. So this guy has a lot to be thankful for, and uh, and he seems like a nice guy, and and I'm sure she's very thankful for him, you know, helping her out in a time of need, and potentially saving her from danger. And on that note, I'm going to wrap up the show. I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, and if you're in the United States, if you're outside of the United States, happy Thanksgiving anyway. So this will be it for Caldwell Medicine Review, episode 72. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll hope to catch you next time.